0: Welcome back to the Domain Sherpa Network. This is the Digital Fortune Podcast, and today my guest is Jason Shepard. Uh, Jason is a fellow domain investor, and we talk about all things domains. We uh, discuss drop catch. We discuss building a portfolio from zero to you know a few thousand names. Uh, we discuss some of the challenges today and yeah, buying kind of names on the lower end of the spectrum in the 10 to 100 range, and what's the best method of doing so, and some strategies and some venues. Um, we talk about uh, Jason's portfolio sale this year um, and a few of his other individual sales. Um, I don't think it's very often that you get to hear about a portfolio sale. Uh, of this size. I know you, you know, people have heard of the sales that go to GoDaddy, the big sales, the March X's and all those kind of sales, but uh, not the smaller kind of portfolio sales. So that's an interesting discussion. And uh, yeah, we talk about, you know, lots of the little things that us domainers like to talk about. So uh, I hope you enjoy the show. If you do enjoy the show, please be sure to also give a shout out and check out our sponsors, Uh, domainsmoke.com, digitalstartup.com, secretbrokerage.com and dan.com. So yeah, without any further ado, let's get into the show. And I really appreciate you guys listening. Hey, everyone, and welcome back again to Domain Sherpa, and this is the Digital Fortune Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Jason Shepard, a uh, fellow domain investor and friend, and uh, yeah, excited to have you, Jason.
1: Hey, Josh. Great to be here.
0: Yeah, so um, thanks, for, thanks for jumping on. Uh, I know I, was, I only mentioned it to you a couple days ago, but you're super flexible, and I appreciate that.
1: Oh, my pleasure.
0: Yeah, no, I've oh, been, man. I've, I've been meaning to, I've been meaning to have you back for a little while ever since you know we talk quite regularly. For those of you that you know are listening and 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 don't know, but uh, Jason is a part of uh, a group of investors where we chat pretty regularly about you know domains and strategies and all kinds of different things, all kinds of different topics. So you know I stay up to date with Jason, uh, Jason quite a bit, um, and uh, yeah, I figured that we could come up here and kind of catch up and talk about, uh, talk about what's been happening and what's to come.
1: Sure. Glad to.
0: Cool. So, um, how's, how's the year been going for you in general?
1: Um, it, it's been a really amazing year. Um, January started out very, very strong. Um, I'd set a, a goal for this year, um, to, uh, eclipse my total sales to date through the end of, um, through the end of 2020, um, you know, as some of you may know, I, and, and I know you're aware, I, I kind of pivoted to more of a full-time domainer in 2020. Um, when COVID hit, the the DJing kind of went away, um, and, and so 2020 was a really good year, and I actually hit uh, lifetime sales of 200,000, uh, a little bit over 200,000 by the end of the year, and my goal this year was to to have more than that total in this year alone and remarkably um between a very strong january a solid february and a uh, a portfolio sale in march i hit my goal for the year in in march yeah <laughs> so i had new goals
0: <laughs> that's yeah i know i mean that's unbelievable that's exactly what we want right i mean yeah (laughs) i can't i can't think of anything better and you know what i'm in the same boat i was you know obviously i want to want to get better year over year i you know surpassed my my goal in in march as well so i'm in the same boat as you um i mean you only got started really investing in domains like 2019 um and that was on a part-time basis and then you know you got full-time in 2020 is that about right
1: yeah, I mean, I, I traced it back, and there there were a few domains I bought in twenty seventeen that were, you know, I, I had bought with the mind of investing, but and then twenty eighteen I had some, but I mean, like in January of twenty nineteen, that was my first, that was my first names con. Hmm. My partner and I, my partner had come on in December, late December, early January. Um, and so really, realistically, that's when it got started. I think my portfolio was probably like 400, 500 names at that point. So, I mean, I did have, I did have, you know, some, uh, you know, some history, you know, a little bit of time in the industry, but yeah, really 2019 is where I kind of hit my stride and and really started focusing on it.
0: Yeah. It's, I mean, it's interesting because a lot of people are, are in the spot of getting started at the moment, a lot more than I would say probably ever before how do you how do you go from zero to you know five thousand names i guess is which are a ballpark of where you're at or where you've been at um how do you how do you go from zero like what's the when you got when you started getting serious in January 2019 was it you know how did you scale up quickly were you looking in goDaddy were you looking at Dropcatch? like was it hand registrations mostly how how do you go from such a you know Literally, know nothing. Have no domains to building up a portfolio that actually has value.
1: Well, the uh, you know the process was it was it was gradual, but then you know you hit times where you're like, whoa! Did I really add six hundred domains to my portfolio in mm-hmm. this one month? <laughs>
0: um,
1: but the, and the bulk of the bulk of my names are discount drops at DropCatch. Um, there's a fair number of pre-release names in the portfolio, but realistically um, huge, and those would be typically huge domains drops. Um, they don't drop as good a names anymore. I don't know something about what they, you know, that what they decided to cast off. But it seems like now you, you have to wade through like 90% first name, last names <laughs> to find any, any gems in there. And the, and the, you know, the cost benefit just isn't really there. But there, I, I still find that uh, the discount drops are just really prime for mining, um, and it's it's kind of a process where I put in a certain number a day, not expecting to get all of them, yeah. um, Because you know other people are going to bid more. Um, partner, aka huge domains, is going to preempt some of them if you don't put in a full price back order. Um, and then I still do some full price back orders. It's just kind of kind of depends on the quality of the name and or what I think the competition for it's going to be. I mean, there are names that I see. I'm like, I would love that name, but I don't think I need to do a full price back order on it because I think it's going to fly under huge domains radars and, and other investors' radar.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. When you when you do your back order, um, for, anyway, for, I, I'll, I'll say from my perspective, when I go from, part, uh, from discount to full back order, it's like the gap is kind of strange for me because I normally – Stop at around like twenty to twenty-one dollars from a discount backorder standpoint, but then obviously the gap between twenty and twenty-one dollars to fifty-nine is actually quite quite significant. Do you ever discount backorder for like thirty or thirty-five? Never. I mean the
1: the only the only thing I might do that on would be a uh, like a like a dot net that I really wanted. Hmm. Like like I would consider bumping up a dot net because. I have a hard time paying 60 bucks for any.NET that's dropping. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there are some that might come across that I'm like, Hey, you know, wouldn't mind throwing that in the portfolio. It's a, it's not a premium one word, but it's a, you know, something like I, I can remember this and I don't, I'm not saying I bid 30 on it, but I mean, like I picked up pronghorn.net pronghorn is an animal, you know, single word animal. And it's a single word, you know, yeah. it's not like prong horn. Yeah. And so, You know it's not it's not the best animal it's not like having you know elephant but it's uh you know it's an animal and and it's a it's a one word and so you know something like that i would bid higher than than usual but i kind of use my bid as a limiting factor so if i identify 100 names um and there are plenty of days that i identify 100 names um i may put them all in low to limit myself because i may not want to get 100 names but i may want to get you know what i can of those so you know if i want them all you know i'm going to bump it up above the minimum or above you know the lower teens and the, but um yeah I, and I, I totally get what you're saying though the gap like to me if you get up to, to like even close to 20 i'm like yeah the, the the long-term holding difference in between 20 and 60 it's not you know i would rather pay the i would rather pay the sixty. If I like it enough to pay twenty, I like it enough to pay sixty. Yeah,
0: yeah, me too. It it happens pretty often where I, I, so I get quite aggressive on the back orders at fifty nine now and at the sixty dollars just because I want to be sure that I win it. And then when I win it and it's uncontested, I, I kind of think to myself, uh, could I've done twenty (laughs) five?
1: No, I exactly. I mean that is, I mean like, the worst is if I'm rushing. Like if I'm if it's like 115 and I don't have my list prepared and I'm not doing the, the, the good call, I'm like, oh, man, these all look good. I'm just throwing them in full price. And then yeah, like today, good. huh?
0: like today, like yeah. after the show.
1: Yeah, today, after, after the show. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then, you know, and it's what's crazy, though, is that on the discount drops, sometimes like right now, um, you know, their Dynadot has a special for 6.99 registrations. So at that point it becomes, okay, well, instead of putting in a hundred of these, let me see how many of them make it through and I'll get them at 699 and I can save my cost, and cut down on my cost basis. Yeah. And, and so some days I'll do that. I'll just, and then that gives me an extra, then I'm like, all right, well, if it made it all the way through, am I missing something? Is it not as good as I thought it was? And then, so that might be a, a limiting factor too. I mean, the, the thing that I've kind of discovered is that there's, there's no dearth of inventory. There's plenty of inventory yeah. out there. Yeah. You know, and if you're well capitalized, you know, you could go from zero inventory to, you know, huge domains in a matter of years. Um, but, you know, I have, to, I have to take a little easier than that because, you know, you don't want to overextend yourself.
0: Yeah yeah no I, I agree with you there there is a ton of inventory for the portfolio model um I just I think that it's difficult for a lot of people to understand like what actually is a good domain and what isn't because sometimes it's it's just hard to tell like you can't you cannot really tell unless you've sold a lot of names I would say in a lot of cases because you know you look at the stats and there's a lot of good names that are registered in one extension that would be good for, you know, a portfolio. There's a lot of domains, um, you know, that are plurals that might be good to put in a, in a portfolio. But, you know, so a lot of like the the standard rules that we talk about from like mid-tier standpoint don't really apply to portfolios when you're trying to, you know, acquire a bunch of names in the, you know, $10 to $50 range. Um, I think that it, it comes down to a little bit of knowing what sells and what doesn't. Right.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, and I had this conversation with, uh, with Mike Seiger the other day. I'm like, there are names that on paper do not seem like good names, mm. but I can look at those names and be like, that name will sell. I know yeah. it's going to sell. Yeah. You know? And, and I think the exact example I gave him was one, an early one that sold in mine and it was MachinePop.com. Hmm. No idea what you're gonna use it for, but I'm like, machine, pop, somebody will buy that. And sure enough, it sold. Yeah. And, and and we actually, you know, we we looked at some of the metrics, and there's no compelling reason to buy that name to resell it. Yeah. <laughs> um, other than just the way it sounds and a, and and a gut feeling that I think that's something that somebody would buy. Mm. And, and it's, it's and that's that's the case a lot of times. And then the opposite's true too. I just had a recent sale, um, of a four word.com that I re-registered. In other words, it dropped and I re-registered re-re- it by hand that same day. Didn't put in a discount back order or anything on it.
0: Nobody, nobody went for it, huh?
1: Right. And it was game on play on oh, yeah. dot com. It was, and the only, and the I normally wouldn't buy that, but it was registered in eight extensions. And that's something that I've learned from you is that, you know, when you get up into the high single digits or the low double digits on extensions, that that, that means that the, you know, I mean it, it seems obvious, but that the, the demand is a, is going to be a little greater than something that has one. And I and I have plenty of domains that have only that are only registered in the extension I own, but those are gonna be brandables that I thought up or that were dropped that I liked. And I felt would would sell because I think sometimes with a brandable, it's almost a, a benefit to have fewer registrations because mm. you're trying to carve out your own brand on that. But this one, I just you know, I was like, all right, well, it's a hand registration, it's registered eight, and it sold so, so so quickly that I I had to push it to the to the after Nick Esc- escrow account.
0: How much How much did it sell for?
1: Thirty four hundred, and 3, it was a. Uh, and and that was a negotiated sale um i had li- for whatever reason i think probably just because of the number of extensions it was uh, registered in i'd listed it around 5k with like a 2400 minimum and after nick uh negotiated it to the brokers negotiated thirty four hundred for me
0: that was game so I mean, on play on yeah yeah
1: game on play on
0: yeah i mean i'm kind of surprised that that didn't get picked up on don't on a discount back order i mean to be honest with eight extensions taken i you know, for me, sometimes when I'm trying to filter through names and I don't have as much time as usual, I'll like limit it to maybe like three words instead of four words or something like that. So that might be like one reason why it slipped through. But you know, still eight extensions and to slip through and not even get a discount back order is kind of surprising to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that that's probably the outlier. But and and that's the and that's the whole reason I bought it because I usually filter for. My, my my first pass is usually two names because i mean realistically i mean you can do one but then you're gonna get lulled in to say oh it's a word mm-hmm. but it's not a good word <laughs> <laughs> so i usually you know i usually filter by two um and then i might uh, flip the filter for three and just see if there's anything you know that, that catches my eye it's not too long or makes real good sense
0: yeah.
1: or or is it or is a good you know just a good phrase I mean, I was, last year I sold. You are brave. Uh, I mean, you wow. know something like something like that. that. Yeah, I mean, it's just like that's gonna that's gonna miss a lot of people's filters. You know, because yeah. they're gonna be looking for two words, and I'm like, "You are brave." I mean, yeah, it's, it's not. I don't know what I don't know what the buyer's doing with it. I haven't checked, but uh, I mean, that's a, that's just a great name. I mean, you could you could do a lot with that, and so uh, yeah. But uh, you know, the yeah, the filtering on a daily basis is just. I mean, you can spend so much time doing it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you. So, I mean, I turn a lot to drop catch, um, snap names for, you know, names in that sub $100 range. Um, I used to be really heavy. I was talking to Dennis about this. I used to be really heavy in closeouts as well. But I don't feel like I get the same quality closeouts at fifty dollars than I would get at DropCatch for like a discount back order. To be honest, so I've I've turned I've turned away from uh, from GoDaddy a little bit. How about you?
1: I you know I was into the to your conversation with Dennis, and I've had a little bit of the opposite uh, situation, um, okay. and I'm and I've, and it's really just been the last few weeks. And I'm still trying to figure out what the uh, what the triggers are for everybody because you know I'll see something that I like and it's counting down, oh, there was one yesterday, I can't think of what it was. Oh, I know what it was. Yesterday I was draftville.com. Um, and I'm sitting there and I'm watching it. I'm like, do I let it go to 50 or do I you know do I put in a twelve dollar bid and see if I can snag it for 20 today instead of having to wait till tomorrow? or wait till it gets down. Cause I, I think if it gets to 50, you got a really good chance of getting it at 40 or 30. Yeah.
0: Uh, um,
1: and, and then, and then, but then I think the, the, the buying pressure comes in on that $11 drop. Cause that's a big drop from 30 to 11. And so I just have, but I have bought a number of names at uh, 30, 40 and a couple at 50. Um, and I'm typically the ones I'm buying there are ones that are pre-approved for brand bucket. Um, oh, okay. Uh, and then I'm not going to get into a lot of detail cause it's, you know, there's, there's a limited number of those, but there are ways to determine
0: mm-hmm. if
1: a name is already um, been approved on brand bucket, may have gone through the cycle, may have been dropped by an investor could have been purchased by an end user that eventually went out of business. Um, but if I see one of those, and I know that it's approved at a, you know, $2,000 or above on brand bucket, a lot of times I'll pay the 50 or, or maybe wait for the 40 or the 30. Mm. Um but yeah, so on draft fill yesterday, I loved the name. I thought it was one that I might be able to, to snag. So I let it get down to like three minutes and I put a single bid in on it. And like 30 seconds later, it, and I put I, I, I put in a proxy because I didn't want to put in 12 and then put another bid and possibly see somebody notice the multiple bids. So I put in like a decent proxy, like around 50. I think I put, no, I put in $49. I was like, let me just see this experiment because I'm, I'm contemplating waiting on it for 50. So I'll put 49 in as my proxy. And if if somebody, you know, takes a little stab at it at the last minute, maybe I'll outlast them. Did not happen. Somebody bid at like under three minutes and it wound up going for like mid 100s. And I I think I bowed out around 155. Um, And I don't even think it was, uh, I don't think it was huge domains either. Um, So it's just a, it's just such a, there's so many nuances to trying to get these names because had I waited, three more minutes and let it go to close out, there's a I feel like there's a very good chance I could have gotten that for $50. Mm.
0: Yeah. If huge domains didn't enter the auction, then, then yeah, um you probably could have, but there's, you know, there's not just huge domains. I I would say there's at least three to five other uh sniping bots, uh, maybe, maybe a couple more. Um mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know. It's, it it is, it is a bit of a gamble. Um, I would say that the, the, the quality of names that do uh, go without any kind of bids uh, is actually really high, but you know, if, if they're, if they're not taken by someone who's manually checking, you know, a couple of minutes after uh, and they're not taken by a bot, um you know they are taken pretty quickly after that within hours so if you're if you're going like to the if you're at like the end of the day saying okay i'm going to check the closeouts yeah by that time it's in my opinion it's 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 close to too late um but i I can see that yeah but like you said there there are still there are still names that that they don't get picked up at 50 and if they don't get picked up at 50 there's a good chance you can get them at 30 um but yeah i don't know it's just, for me i am not seeing as i'm not seeing the same i'm not seeing the same level uh of names that i was seeing you know maybe this time last year for $11 yeah and, and
1: and and that could be the case cuz last year i was very focused on huge domains um and the discount drops and i wasn't wasn't really playing in the closeouts as much so i don't have a i don't have as much to compare it to but uh, the way i look at it now is if a name that is, that hits close out at fifty. If that is a name that, if it, if I saw, I would put in a full price drop for it. Then I don't have a problem. Yeah, exactly. It because because at that point, you're, the price is the same for all intents and purposes. Yeah. Um, and and I think there are names that hit there. Um, you know, I like the I like the I like the 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 fact that names that go to drop typically. You know, haven't gone through the expert. You know that that I would put in a discount back order for a drop catch. Haven't gone through GoDaddy. Yeah. So many of the of the expiring names go through GoDaddy's auction platform that I think I was probably missing out on some quality by not looking at it more than I did.
0: Mm. Yeah. The great the great thing about GoDaddy expiry, you know, stream is that you're not you retain the age of the domain, which uh you know has it does have value. Um, you know how much value debatable but there is certainly some value to retaining the age of the domain um because i think just from my perspective i think from like a buyer's standpoint uh you know they can look and they can see, hey this domain is you know 10 15 years old i'm not I don't, i'm not you know purchasing a domain that was recently registered and i think that for the psyche that makes a difference for the, for the savvy for the savvy buyer that knows to look at who is now does that mean that most of the buyers are going to look at who is and look at domain aids? Probably not, but right. you know, here and there, there will be a few. Um, so I think that, you know, particularly on the mid-tier names, that makes a difference. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Talking about mid-tier names, Jason, are you, uh, how are you? How are you doing in that department? Are you buying, you know, names in that kind of let's say two fifty to 2500 range
1: you know i uh i i've I've started buying some but i don't have the confidence level in my ability to judge those as well as i do on the lower end Mm. and honestly you know like i said earlier I've, i've had a pretty good year so i had a little little bit of funds to play with i started buying some better names than maybe i would have last year and, uh, you know, it gets to a point where if I spend $1,000 on a name and I think to myself, you know, I could have gotten, you know, I could have gotten 80 discount drops for this. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and you look at the sell-through rate and I'm like, all right, well, I know what the sell-through rate is on the type of names that I get. I mean, the, the discount drops sell at a pretty consistent 1.2%. I mean, hmm. that's, that's just what I've found on the type of names that, that I buy. And so, you know, you just have to work out the math. And it's like, all right, so is the is the sell through rate times the average sale price on the on the 80 names I could get for the same price as this one better name gonna make more sense in the long term than buying this one name. And I'm a strong believer that you, you know, you have to have a kind of a little bit of a bifurcated portfolio. So I do want to have better names, but I mean it's just it's it's hard for me to make that leap. Mm. And and I start second guessing myself. I mean, I'm looking right here. I mean, um, at some of the names I bought recently. I mean, Field Ranger for 470 bucks. Picked it up the other day. Not delivered yet. So hopefully I'll have it before this airs, and <laughs> somebody doesn't somebody doesn't go uh, <laughs> renew it.
0: Hey, that's a good uh, name.
1: I mean, I feel like it's a good name too. Um, but like, I don't have the ultimate confidence level that that I'm going to sell that at you know 10 to 20x in the same time that I could sell the same dollar amount of worth of the discount drops that I got for the same amount. Mm -hmm. And, and, but at the same time, you know, you you do have the bigger sales on these. I mean, we just, I can't say the name, but we just sold in the, in my partnership portfolio, a name for 38,000 that we paid $800 for in 2019. So, you know, that's a pretty significant return on that type of thing. So, But, you know, what's the sell through rate on that? We've owned it for three years now or two, you know, two plus years now. So and, and there's a bunch of others in the in the similar um, price range that we own. So it's just uh, it's just one of those things where I'm always I'm always tinkering with the mix. And that's kind of where I'm at right now.
0: What do you think about pricing those type of names? Because I've gone back and forth on this recently because, you know, I've typically priced up to. 50k sometimes i've priced up to 100k um but uh, i'm I'm like i'm starting to feel like that's not the move like in this market people i I feel like the moonshots are coming through a lot more often than usual meaning like if if like a name that i would have priced at 25k i feel like more often than not right now that 25k buyer may have paid like 100 150 and, I, and I'm, and it's like, I'm seeing this way too frequently to not take notice of it.
1: Yeah. I mean, th- I go through that too, especially typically I go through it when I get a Dan or an after Nick email
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> and I look at a name and I'm like, yeah, you know, I got, I've got 40 bucks in this name, um, you know, acquisitions and renewals and transfers or whatever. But man, I, you know, I feel like that could have been a five figure name and it's, and and I'm getting, you know, 3,400 or 4,500 or 5k for it. So it's, it's just a, it's a tough call because you, you, you want to have some deal flow, but you don't want to miss out on some moonshots. And, you know, it's just a, it's, it's the, it's the ever, you know, you're always, you're always, like I said, tinkering, you know, you're just trying, trying to play around with it and finding the sweet spot. Yeah. Um but I don't have any, I don't have the definite answers either, but I I do take notice of some of the things that you're you're talking about as well, seeing some of these names and you're like, you got what for what?
0: Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, you can't, you just can't get that price if you've got the name, if you've got the name price, I guess you could have it priced at like a moonshot price tag, but uh, I think there's something powerful to, you know, Particularly with the mid-tier mid-tier names, just not having them priced and looking at it on a case-by-case basis. uh, When the market is hot, particularly when the market is hot, uh, because I just think that when the buyer comes, when the right buyer comes along, uh, at the moment, it you you know I think we're seeing a lot of buyers that are flood with cash um, and more willing to, I would say, overpay for names. Um, So, and, and I think that when the market goes you know, down a little, I think it's, it's probably a better strategy to have more of those names priced more reasonably. Uh, But yeah, I, I do wonder if there is, you know, something to be said about adjusting your strategy based on how the market is performing. And, you know, I think we can all agree the market's performing very, very well at the moment.
1: Yeah, no, I, I I totally agree. And I actually um, downloaded some data from name bio, to the point where I hit my monthly limit and I'm waiting for May first to finish pulling <laughs> the data and, and analyze it. But I was just looking at some of the some of the retail sales from uh, you know from like name pull and 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 buy domains and, and domain market and I and I was focusing in on some of the upper ones and I wanted to basically see you know when Mike Mann sells these names for fifty thousand that I would have priced for thirty five hundred. What is the defining characteristic about the names that he has at that price? that, you know, if is there something about those names that I can identify and price some subset of my names at that so that I'm not missing out on at least some of that? Now, the fact, it may just be that he's got, you know, 500,000 of those names priced at that price. But, um, you know, there's something about the ones that sell. And I want to want to kind of reverse engineer his his yeah. sales, you know, the head-scratching sales, the ones that we see him talk about on, on, on Twitter, and, and you're like, how does he get that for that name? I want, to, I want to reverse engineer those and price some number of mine similarly and see how it does.
0: So I think that we're, as domain investors, we're conditioned to look at naming conventions as brands and whether the brand is good or bad. And, um, and, and actually, I think that that strategy is, is not always good because uh, it doesn't represent where the money is always right so I think that when you look at like some of these like head scratcher sales for me at least what well, one thing that I do notice is that they're typically in in you know you can you can you can place them in an industry that typically has that has like a lot of cash available uh, meaning like they're big industries right so like a somewhat decent brand that is targeting you know care or health or something like that um, that maybe you've price in the $5,000 range. you know, I think that those type of names you can more, you know, e- more easily moonshot because if you know the right buyer comes along and they're in the health industry and they're making tons of cash, the, the, actual, like, the actual like value of that brand is is not so important as what it's worth to them is, and, and what, what they're doing. And I think that if they've got a lot of cash on hand, that, that makes sense. I, I mean, that's, that's my kind of thought process. I think that we as domain investors uh, should be looking at the industry that it's targeting uh, and putting some maybe, maybe heavier weight on that when it comes to pricing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I don't disagree on that. And I think that uh, as domain investors, a lot of times we fall into traps. We're like, you know, oh, this is a legal name. It's lawyers make a lot of money. And I think that, you know, we all know they don't like to spend it either. Yeah. Um, But you're right. Something like healthcare or something like, uh, um, you know, some of the, uh, you know, some of the some of the tech industries, um, you know, that these domain prices that we think are moonshots are rounding errors on their marketing budget. Yeah. You know, yeah. and if it's the if it's the name they want, I mean, yeah, they may have people that that are incentivized to try and get it cheaper. But at the end of the day, if they've decided on it and yeah, they're, they're going to probably end up buying it.
0: Yeah. Like an example would be for me, like, I, let's say like a good two word name ending in health, something like Evergreen Health. Right. I mean, like Evergreen is obviously a very popular brand. Evergreen, obviously, is a brand name that kind of worked quite well with health. I would say that most of the time, you know, domain investors would price that. They would they would typically price that name, and they would typically probably price it in a five figure range. But the reality is that if there is a, a buyer for that domain, it, it, it's it's not unreasonable to assume that they're going to pay. They could they could be willing to pay two hundred k for it. Um, but it's just very rare that an investor like myself or you price a name like that, that high, I, I would say that that's, that's probably something that I could adjust and do better when it comes to my strategy is kind of just like looking at that and saying, okay, it's only taken in 15 extensions, um, or whatever, but let's, let's go a little deeper. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I agree completely. I, uh, I feel like I price my lower tier names too low, but also my higher tier names. And, and I don't have yeah. that many of the higher tier, but I mean, it's just, you know, that you got that moonshot thing and then you're like, yeah, but how long is it going to take? But then you get the one and, or you see one and you're like, yeah, you know, it's worth it. So just just trying to figure out the names that, that it makes sense to do that on is, mm. I mean, that's, that's the trick. Yeah, uh, and doesn't sound like the the solution is is obvious. No, uh, you have to just you just have to spend time in the uh, in the industry and and get a feel for it.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I'm I I don't I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm still learning every day, and and I don't even feel like I'm even close to filling up the tank. It's just like there's so much to learn as as you kind of progress in this in this industry.
1: Yeah, and you really have to be able to, to you know, try things and evaluate them. I mean, a perfect example is, you know, I was, uh, if you had asked me three months ago, I'd have, I would have told you, yeah, I'm uh, I'm building up my parking portfolio because I wanna have parking revenues that pay for my renewals on the rest of my portfolio. Then, you know, I looked and ran the numbers and said, well, absent of being able to identify drops that will earn, the buying names that park, you're going to pay 24 to 30 months worth of their revenues. And I just ran the math and I was like, for the money that it would take me to buy enough parking revenue names to support my portfolio, I could buy the type of names that I buy all day long and sell at 1.2% sell-through rate and earn more money. So Mm -hmm. I completely pivoted. Like I was all in on parking four months ago. And I'm down to just parking like a hundred games now, mm. and, and they're one. there are they're ones that just I know they're gonna pay their own way, and that they're that if somebody wants them, they're gonna find them. You know whether or not they have a, a go directly to a landing page, a for sale landing page or not. So I mean that's the thing. As you learn, as as you as your knowledge grows, you have to be able to make adjustments based on what you've what you've you know ascertained
0: yeah yeah. yeah that's good insight I mean I, I tried to I dabbled a little bit in parking um, this year as well I parked for about I don't know 45 to 60 days just because I wanted to figure out if there was any revenue there I mean super minimal I mean I, I parked I don't know 2500 names or something like that generated like I don't know a couple hundred bucks like really like not 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 enough to make it worthwhile. Um, and the only thing is that I will say is, that I got quite a lot of sales through after Nick, more sales than usual through after Nick when I parked my, uh, my landers, I don't know if there's like some kind of psyche there that says like, Oh, there's advertising on this domain now. I, I, I want to lock it up. Uh, but I did rather than getting a decrease in sales, I got an increase through after Nick. so so
1: when so the 2500 names you feel like that you parked the the sell-through rate on those 2500 you feel like went up when you started parking them
0: it did go up i mean it's really hard for for me to like take away anything like concrete from that because it's only such a it's such a small sample size right but um i i i didn't get any sales like through danlanders which were you know you know you have that full sale banner up there and it goes off to a Danlander or whatever. I didn't, I didn't have any sales through that. But my, but my sales through after Nick went up significantly in that month. So I don't know if, I don't know if that was just coincidence, probably just coincidence, but I think that there is some element, there is some, um, kind of like, a if, if, if you're interested in a name, you feel, you, you see a for sale landing page and you think, oh, you know, it's for sale. I'm sure it will be for sale next month or whatever. And then suddenly, you see a switch to like a page that's got advertisements on. Might even have advertisements for competitors and something like or something like that. It might mm-hmm. change your perception and say like, "Hey, okay, I I I'm going to try and lock this up." I, you know, I saw it for sale on GoDaddy last month. Is it still there, or or something like that? I don't know. Maybe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. This, that's that's interesting. I, I hadn't. One thing I had noticed, or my perception seemed was that. When I parked uh, my portfolio, that um, my Dan sales went down. Hmm. Um, And because, you know, even though, like you said, at the top, it had a link that would take you to the Dan Lander, I felt like, um, you know, and and it could have, you know, it could have just been variance. I mean, you, you realistically, while when you have a portfolio of a certain size, you do have predictable sell through rates, but there is also a pretty wide variance in there. Yeah. Um, so it could, you know, it could have been variance, but I, I left I left my names parked for a good five months and, and I earned decent money. I mean, I probably had, um, you know, several thousand dollars, um, but it was spread so widely. Uh, you know, a lot of it was like, you know, just a few cents on some names and then some that really earned. And I just felt like the uh, at the end of the day, I would leave the the ones that paid for themselves and more parked and put everything else back on, uh, put everything back back on Dan and, and enable the uh, the botus hybrid parking pages if they got, a, you know, with a pretty high threshold so that if something takes off and there's like, it's all of a sudden gonna be, it's a runaway, getting runaway traffic um, for some un- unknown reason, and I've had that happen, that um, it would at least then pop and I would notice it. Okay. Um, and, and I can make a informed decision about it. I mean, I had a name that uh, went from earning zero to earning me three hundred dollars in a matter of a week or two. Um,
0: oh yeah, I remember you saying about talking about that. And, that was legit.
1: <laughs> and but then it then it dwindled to nothing. Yeah. And so and, and so what I think what had happened is that there had been some bad backlinks. That you know something happened around the the SLD on a different. Uh, on a different tld it was a dot club somebody put a put an active site up on a dot club version of my.com and i think that there had been some webmasters that had linked to that site and out of habit put in dot com in the uh, in the link <laughs> and it just earned like crazy for a few days so you know i know that i'm going to miss out on those on that type of stuff by not parking all my names but i just feel like you know after a five-month experiment that uh, you know the sale the loss of sales probably outweighs the the earnings on the bulk of them. You now, you know, some of them the ones that earn well, I'll yeah. still
0: continue to leave there. Yeah, makes sense. So, uh are you trying out the new Godaddy landers?
1: Um I don't have plans to at the moment. Um I like I like Dan in the fact that um it's kind of my uh, my way of dollar cost averaging my crypto holdings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so so um you know, it just—it's—it instead of setting up a regular buy on Coinbase, I just, um, you know, set my Dan. Yeah, but the problem up.
0: is is that every time I get paid out on Dan, they pay me out at all-time highs.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. I, I think those guys wait are, are, are sitting around waiting for the uh, for the daily high or the weekly high to pay you out. I
0: know.
1: Um, but uh, and I, I've made the joke before. I said, you know. You guys are welcome for, uh, for, the, uh, for the spike in Bitcoin because I had some payments coming from Dan today and that's, <laughs> I'm sure it's that's completely related. Um, so, but, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, the, the GoDaddy lander, if, if I hear from other people that they're having good luck with it, um, I might try it out. In fact, I might even try it out on the partnership portfolio. I just, for, for my sanity and my housekeeping I kind of want to be all or nothing on what my landers are mm. You know, for my personal portfolio. If they're all on Dan, I want them to be all on Dan. Um, and if they're, you know, if they're all, 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 somewhere else, I want it to be somewhere else. But uh, you know, if, if, if I, tr- if I put the partnership portfolio over to the, to the GoDaddy landers and see good results, then that might be something that, uh, you know, will entice me to move it over. But I think yeah. that uh, the lack of a payment plan, I think will hurt sales a little bit. Um so we'll just have to, wait we'll to see how it goes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I agree. The lack of a payment plan. I think that the, the landers look okay. I thought it was interesting that they said that the, the, the form fill is still going to be the better option above a thousand dollars. I'm not, I, I don't understand how they've come to that conclusion, but they said they, they obviously tested it for a while. And I, I assume that that's based on data.
1: Um.
0: You would hope so. (laughs) I mean, um, you know,
1: obviously after Nick has a staff of brokers and it's hard for me to imagine that they would, you know, put these Ben Landers out there and potentially reduce the workload for them. I mean, I'm not saying that the, that the, the current staffing levels influence their decision to make that statement in there, but
0: that is true.
1: Um, you know, it's, it's, I can't imagine that even subconsciously it wasn't a factor in them in them, you know, doing that. And if you want to meet, if you want to have a data proven outcome, the best way to have it do that is to go in thinking that's what it's going to prove because you're, that is so you're gonna, you
0: you're
1: you're going to figure out a way to make it to prove what you think if you're not going into it and being really empirical about it.
0: That is so true. If you're if you're a part of the Godaddy stuff that is as a, you know, a sales a sales drop after you don't want to see you don't want to see these go daddy buy it now landers is doing too well <laughs> it's like right i mean that's your job right if there's this if there's this buy it now button that that does as good as or better job than than you that's no that's no bueno uh, um but i don't know i i just for me i find it really hard to believe that that you know, in that one to five thousand dollar range, a form fill is gonna is gonna be better than a than a buy it now, um, uh, you know, buy it now page like that. I just I find it. I, I feel like every other data point from every other landing page company and portfolio holder that I've ever spoken to has said otherwise.
1: No, I'm I'm with you on that. I mean, I think that uh, I, I would have a hard time um, wanting to put a sub five thousand dollar name on a uh, on an inquiry lander lander um, mostly because I, I mean I typically don't take offers on names under 5k yeah um, and so I really don't want to want to necessarily do that but uh, yeah I agree with you I mean if, the, if everybody else is saying you know 5k and below is good with a bin it, it is curious as to why this this information comes out and, and contradicts that
0: yeah, I mean, their uh, justification is that even if you just have a bot buy it now and you're not looking to negotiate, it's the fact that when someone fills out a form and they get in touch with a sales rep or they make a phone call and the sales rep is able to kind of say to them, like, hey, this is the price, this is why it's the price and you know go through all the uh, you know standard sales techniques that you do to get someone to buy, um, that it's going to increase the, the chance of a sale. But what I don't quite understand or, or i'm not sure if they fully consider the amount of people that you know simply just are not interested in picking up the phone or filling out a form fill um and you know me personally I, i'm not that interested in doing that kind of thing as a buyer and i know a lot of other people that aren't as well uh, they just want to be able to go through the process without having to speak to someone. And I think that that's, that's becoming more and more the case every single day. Every single day that passes, less people want to talk with, you know, human beings. So, and, and, and then I think there's a lot of data out there that supports that. So, yeah, that's my, that's my thing.
1: No, I, I totally get it. If, I get, if I'm looking for, a, um, you know, some kind of tool to do something and I go to your SaaS page and I see the contact form that I have to give you my phone number, in order yeah. to see the price, yeah, I'm moving on. I'm finding a competitor. I don't. I, I know when I give you my phone number, you're you're going to send me some smarmy sales rep yeah. to try and tell me how they can solve all my problems. <laughs> um, and, and I'm just looking for something to do this particular um, function. And I'll yeah. go find it somewhere else where they put the upfront up upfront pricing. So yeah, I kind of get that too. I mean, like, I, I probably wouldn't buy it if if you know if I wasn't a domain investor was starting a business, I probably wouldn't inquire about a domain that added a contact form. But if I had a buy it now price that I, that, you know, was, was a price that I was willing to pay. Sure. I'd pull the trigger, yeah, but exactly. you know, it, it's easy to think of everybody thinks like we do, you know? Um, and so obviously there are people that have done very well. Um, you know, I'm thinking about like Abdul Bassett
0: yeah.
1: um, who has done, you know, extremely well with the, uh, with the contact form. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I don't think one size fits all. I think for the kind of names I have, the, at least from, you know, from my standpoint, the level of success I'm having doing it, doing things the way I'm doing it now is okay. Does that mean I don't want to get better at it? Absolutely not. I do, sure, I do. But, yeah. um, you know, I don't know that I want to make a make a change based on somebody else's success when, you know, they have their own names and their own style of buying and, you know, their portfolio. And I'm seeing what I want to. You know, I'm seeing the successes that are that are acceptable to me out of mine doing things this way.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I get you. Get money. Let's get the- get, get,
1: get money. Media Options is the industry's leading domain broker, specializing in domain acquisitions, high-value domain sales, and domain name consultation. As pioneers and thought leaders on the subject of the domain aftermarket and domain name value, plus through their clear domain acquisition service, Media Options offers startups and established corporations an unparalleled
0: scope of high value domain options, providing access to domain names and curation technologies not available elsewhere. Media Options believes in the power of a great domain name and is dedicated to helping you obtain yours. Call or email today to put a domain to work for you. Um, all right, so let's talk a little bit about your. Um your portfolio sale that we, you know, you, you brought it up a couple of times and, uh, I haven't really heard any kind of content out there talking about a portfolio sale. Um, you know, typically you hear about, you know, the large, large portfolios like March X and the Birkins portfolio selling to GoDaddy. I mean, we're not talking that level, but you had a nice little portfolio sale, right? I did.
1: I did. Um, it was, uh... It was, it was interesting because I'd never really seen that kind of thing either. And, uh, a broker friend of mine, um, it was, in fact, it was, it was testy um, and her and Kate had, uh, or, you know, Buckley through tests had contacted me. They knew I had a fair number of names, um, just from our personal relationship. Um, and they said they had a buyer that was looking to buy names. Um, and they had a, you know, they had a certain budget and, this is, and they gave me some idea of what they were looking for. And I submitted a, and, and there was a little bit of a time crunch on it. So I submitted a portion of name of my portfolio that I identified initially, um, you know, and it was like on a Friday. And then the next week I realized that there was maybe a little more time. So I actually put together a secondary portfolio of the partnership names and some, uh, and an, an addendum to, uh, the, to the names I'd submitted for my own portfolio. And it went through a process of a couple of weeks of things under consideration. I'd heard a couple of times that, you know, the buyer was liking, you know, this or the buyer was liking that. Um, And eventually um, they came back to me with a, uh, you know, with a, with a subset of my names from the combined two submissions that that the buyer was interested in. And uh, we negotiated a little bit, and uh, in the end, wound up selling around eleven hundred names. Uh, eleven
0: 1, hundred names—that's pretty cool. Um, did you did you price your names based on like an average per name, or how did you how did you price the names?
1: Um, yeah, it was in a, in effect. I, I just looked at my sell through rate versus um, you know, my average sell through price and kind of what I was willing to let the names go for rather than keep them. And mm-hmm. so, you know, in the end, you know, it, it wound up being a multiple of my average cost, um, that I wound up getting. And it was, it was an, obviously a number that was agreeable to me. Um, I can tell you that it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't like an industry. It, this was a it was, I wouldn't say it's a, it it wasn't a liquidation price sale. Mm -hmm. And if I had to say, you know, I felt like it was probably in the upper realm of the wholesale pricing, you know, if on an individual you know, on an individual basis, but, uh, I mean, we found a number that worked for the buyer and worked for me and I was just thrilled to make it. And, and, and it was, it was a great process going through it. And one of the things that, uh, um, you know, that that Tess had told me that really helped was I had some really solid numbers that I could point out about that type of name. I mean, it was, there was a lot of discount drops, a lot of, a lot of back orders, full price back orders at, you know, snap names and drop catch. So, you know, the acquisition cost, you know, was not through the roof. Um, There may have been a couple of, you know, several hundred dollar names in there, but the, you know, the average, they averaged out and one thing I had said when I submitted it was like you know I can't sell at this average price if it's cherry picked. Mm-hmm. And while obviously they returned to me a subset of what they wanted from the from my submission. You know I I com- immediately compared what they wanted to some metrics and I didn't see where you know they had cherry picked it. Like the like on, and I, and I think that maybe they were using the Godaddy evaluation as as part of it because like Estabot, the average Estabot for the overall submission and what they purchased was almost spot on the same. Mm-hmm. The GoDaddy, there was a little bit of a bump in the GoDaddy um, uh, um, evaluate average GoDaddy evaluation over what they what they purchased versus the overall, you know, set of what had been submitted. But the average cost, you know, they didn't it wasn't like they ran name bio or something, you know, bulk search and and picked out the ones that it cost me the most because the average cost was very similar to the average cost of the entire portfolio. So, you know, while I'd said no cherry picking at the, at the end of the day, there were certain things about these names that the buyer liked, whether it was, you know, average search, I don't know what it was, CPC, average search, number of extensions taken. And I, I don't have, I'm not privy to what they were looking for, but I was, I was satisfied. We had a little bit of a negotiation, a couple back and forths settled on a uh, settled on a, 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 port, a total number for the portfolio that I was happy with and, uh, and made the sale.
0: So that I mean and these are like low end names, right? 1100 <laughs> like low end names like you said discount drops and, and drops. what you know without saying like what you sold them for from an average price point, what would you say would be a successful kind of target price for a domain investor that's buying those type of names and has interest and, and someone has interest in you know, buying the portfolio? Would you say like seventy-five to a hundred bucks a name is kind of in the realm of what would be a good price uh, if you were looking to sell a portfolio of that size?
1: Um, I can tell you that my names I, I sold for higher than that. Okay. Uh, you know, I don't want to get too specific because I already said it was eleven hundred names, and if I give an exact
0: exact price, people yeah. are
1: going to be doing the math and counting my money, but, um, (laughs) but uh, at the end of the day, you know, I did pay a little bit. I did get more than that. Um, And I think that more than anything, the, the sale represents about two years of an hour a day or more of work. I mean, and so, you know, whether my acquisition cost was X percentage of what I got, my labor cost was at least as much as the acquisition cost from a standpoint of for two years, you know, I had an alarm and a reminder in my phone at one 20 in the afternoon to submit drops. And I did that every day, day in and day out. And, you know, that's, you know, you know, it's like, it's like Shane with training or anybody you have to be consistent. You have to do the things that, other people aren't doing to get the results that other people aren't getting. And mm. literally every single day for, for at least two years, mm-hmm. I was calling through these lists, putting in there. And in the end, that's, you know, it paid off. And, and I, you know, I was thrilled with it because I never expected to, to, to have a bulk sale like that. Yeah. And, and, and it was, it was a nice capital infusion. It really changed my my financial situation in a sense, because, um, you know, I, I first thing I did was I'm transferred, you know, 3,400 names. <laughs> yeah. um, to, and let me tell you what, having everything at a, at, you know, limiting the number of uh, registrars you have stuff at. Oh my gosh. What a, what a, wor- what what a weight and what a, what a <laughs> work, what a work saver that is.
0: Where did you, where did you consolidate to?
1: I, I moved, uh, I moved everything to Dynadot. Um, okay. I'm, I'm a big fan of Dynadot. I was, I always liked them, but they weren't one of my primary registrars. Um, just because, you know, it seemed at the time that, uh, you know, you, I'm, I'm never going to not have names at GoDaddy. That's just, there's, GoDaddy is always going to be a primary registrar, but, um, I just find the interface and the, um, and the capabilities of the, of the back end, the management console to be better at, uh, at Dynadot. And, uh, and I didn't want to have all my eggs in one basket either. So um, they had a good, a decent special run in transfers. And uh, I just wired them a really big lump of money <laughs> and, uh, and did a whole bunch of transfers. Uh, so that was what I spent April doing
0: nice nice tool. nice yeah no I, I totally agree when you when you can you know minimize the amount of registrars that you're using it especially with a large portfolio it certainly makes life easier I, I you know I I'm not the best at tracking names and sometimes names get lost they really do um, it's just tough you know you've got that Especially when you've got ten thousand accounts at Network Solutions, and you don't even know where. Oh my gosh!
1: (laughs) Oh, and they just gave me a new account the other day for a purchase, and I'm like, why? I've got four already. Could you not work it into one of those? And then I go to consolidate, and it's like, oh, this is going to do it. This is going to initiate a sixty-day lock, and I'm like, really? Yeah. I I would. I would rather just let it be in a. I'll put a reminder in in my phone to transfer it on day 61 and hope that nothing and then oh yeah don't get me started on network solutions <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i totally i totally get it man um so you know it sounds like like you said you had a decent capital infusion and you you what's the what's the go forward strategy now is it okay I, I i i've figured out what i'm good at here uh do you go straight back to you know replenishing that inventory um and uh kind of doing so as quickly as possible or do you now say you know i've got some money here i'd like to focus and maybe buy one or two bigger names what 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 are you looking at
1: well i that is the that is a thought that i have had and i will likely be on the lookout for something good but you know my comfort level at determining whether it makes sense to spend 20k on a name is not the is not the highest i mean the and the, that's the most i've spent on a name ever and that's you know well you were there when i bought it fresh food at the uh at the at the go oh, yeah. at the names con auction at uh, in austin and you know i just feel like having that much capital tied up in one name and I, in retrospect i probably overpaid for that a little bit you know, it was it, the auction. You know, excitement and whatnot. It's mm-hmm. easy to get caught up in that. I mean, I don't regret the purchase, but um, and it, at the same time, locking up twenty k for uh, until that name sells is is, is tough. And so, yeah. um, so initial. So you know, I am on the lookout for something that I think is a uh, is a good deal. Um, I haven't started. You know, the process of contacting and you know trying to find these names from, uh, from private owners yet. Um, That's something that's on my radar. Um, But more than likely, honestly, I feel like maybe doing a few wholesale flips leading up to buying the bigger names to, to, to hold until end users come along is Hmm. probably where I'm leaning right now. Yeah. Um, Just, just because that way I can use some capital, generate more capital and then use the capital that was generated to buy the big name
0: yeah no yeah no I, I i completely get that i think that i think that also the the benefit of kind of doing a few wholesale flips and the bigger names is is beneficial because you just start to get a little you know acquainted with that you know area of investing which is slightly you know it's different it's a different ballgame
1: right yeah i, I just you know, every once in a while, I'll see a name, and I'm like, I'll run it by somebody, and they're like, "Yeah, it's overpriced." I'm like, "Man, it seemed like a great deal to me." <laughs> and and so I don't have the confidence level in in buying five figure names that I do in buying, you know, two, three, and four figure names. Yeah. And you know, like I said, at the end of the day, if 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 I'm buy- paying enough for a name that would that I could get a thousand names that I'm good at buying. then i'm probably going to make more money it's going to be more profitable in the long run to buy Mm -hmm. those thousand names and as i as you know as i have noticed with getting consolidating at one registrar if you if you can take the the uh, overhead of having to keep track of a bunch of names um, at different places um, off your plate then managing more names is possible so you know my workflow is going to be Buy names, get them to dynadite. Um, and then and then my you know, my overhead, my overhead of maintaining maintaining the portfolio will go down.
0: Yeah. And
1: yeah. and so that means I can have more names and a bigger portfolio means a more predictable income, you know, steadier sales.
0: Yeah, I think that uh, that's a great point. I mean, managing your workflow to a point where it's, you know, scalable is super, super important when you're when you've got a large portfolio, right. And uh, I think registrar consolidation is certainly a big part of that. Um, The way that you, you know, consistently buy names and the way that you sell names and the way that you price names all of those kind of things if you can if you can make that workflow consistent and easier and less time consuming you know at the end of the day it's not a bad idea to calculate you know your sales on a on on an hourly basis um so you figure out you know what you've done in a year and how much time you put in um and yeah i mean i I completely completely agree with that And, and and in regards to you know, looking to, you know, buy more names at the lower level, I, I say play to your strengths, you know, if you, if you, uh, if you feel like you're strong in a certain area and you're doing well with it, you know, why reinvent the wheel?
1: Yeah. And, and that's, that's really the conclusion that I've come to in the time since the, uh, since the portfolio sale, I mean, you you know, I've gone through and I've paid, I've paid up for a few names and afterwards, I'm you know, I just, it, it, I'm uneasy about the ones I paid up for. I'm sure they'll be fine. And, you know, I know that if I'm uneasy now, all I have to do is look back in a year and I'll be like, man, I can't believe I got that name for that price <laughs> because, um, you know, that's what happens now. Names I think we overpaid for in 2019. I'm like, man, I know I know, I couldn't get that name now. So that that's one lesson I have learned is if you, if you feel like you overpaid, just wait. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, at the end of the day, you know, I'm not gonna. I just. I'm. I can't spend five thousand dollars a day on names. Yeah. For,
0: lo- for long. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so, uh, that 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 budget wears wears out pretty quickly.
1: <laughs> yeah, and uh, and so um, you know, like it, it's exactly what you said. I, I realize what my strength is, and I'm gonna gonna play to it.
0: Cool. Well, Jason, before we wrap up, are you still, are you still working with Mike and Dean D- Academy related stuff? I saw that Keith DeBoer is doing a bit of Dean Academy stuff as well now. Are you, are you still a part of that?
1: Absolutely. In fact, we are, um, we are lining up to do um, a number of, mo- of accelerators. Um, we've kind of got a, a schedule laid out. Um, the next one is going to start in June, early June. So we'll be uh, will be seeing about that. Uh, you know, some announcements and signups for that coming in in, uh, in May. So we'll spend May signing people up, and then uh, and then uh, it'll kick off in June. And I will be uh, I will actually be lead instructor starting with the uh, starting with the one in June. And Mike will uh, will kind of flip roles. He was lead instructor, and I was you know, we were co-instructors. But he he really did take the lead for most of the most of the one the first one that I helped him on. And so we're going to we're going to flip the, uh, you know, flip the script and I'll be the lead instructor and see how that goes. And then hopefully uh, do another one in the fall.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Well, congrats on that. I think that uh, I think you will be a great uh, I think that you are and you will be a great lead instructor uh, for the people coming into DN academy and people taking that accelerator course. So, uh, you know, if I was getting started in the industry, I would definitely come and do it. So, you know, congrats on that. Thank you. Uh, all right well i'll uh, i'll let you go we've been we've been here for a little while i appreciate you uh i appreciate you sharing all of that stuff with us and uh all the info was there anything else that you wanted to mention before i wrap things up
1: no i mean i think we covered uh we covered about everything that i had thought about talking about so uh it was great talk good talking with you again good to be on the podcast and uh take care
0: and by the way for anyone that comes on the podcast podcast in the future jason you can attest to the fact that we don't really have much like lined up before we get started, but plenty of conversation flows from 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 start to end. It just kind of sprouts off in lots of directions, right?
1: Oh yeah, it's exactly. I mean, you know, I was I was trying to think of some stuff. You know, what do I need to be ready to talk about? And, <laughs> uh, and didn't really didn't really happen. I didn't put anything together, and we just kind of went off and uh, talked about stuff that domainers talk about. And, yeah, uh, and I mean, it was a good conversation. I mean, I learned stuff today and i hope i hope the viewers and listeners do as well
0: yeah no i appreciate you jumping on man so uh that'll be it for today on uh digital fortune under the domain Sherpa network thanks a lot for joining me jason and uh thanks everyone for listening
1: all right take care